This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander. With seating for up to eight passengers and available panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with the whole family. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. And we're back on Dealing Together, where we help good people who fell for bad deals. First caller? I had to buy three identical sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller, what's your deal? I paid for 20 tanning sessions, but had to use them in a month. Now I'm orange. Ooh, you got burned. Next caller. I traded in my old Samsung at AT AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24+. Hmm, how's that bad? I got to choose from their best plans. So, what went wrong? Oh, nothing went wrong. And you're calling to... To request a song? You want a song, of course. The choice is yours! Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device, subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Josh, are you into baseball trivia at all? Oh, I love it, Ron. Grew up playing baseball. Diehard Red Sox fan. Hit me. Do you? Well, let me ask you first. Do you have a favorite trivia question you like to ask in baseball? Hmm. Who was the last player to hit 400? Easy one. Well, it's Ted Williams, although are you going to give me some, is there a trick to this? Somebody <laughs> who had four at-bats and no, went no. two for four and batted 500? No, you got is it, that your one? I gave you an easy one oh. today. All right, I got one for you. This one's been a holdover for years. I think it's still true. In fact, I just looked it up again, so hopefully the information isn't old or bad and I can't remember incorrectly. Who was the last switch hitter to win the American League Most Valuable Player Award? Ooh, good one. Hmm. Stumped. Who who is it? 1971, Oakland Athletics pitcher Vida Blue. Ooh, I like it. (laughs) Yes, isn't that great? Even before the DH. I think it's still true. Anyway, while we're thinking about whether that's true, and if it isn't, you know where to find us, why don't you go ahead and continue listening as we talk about baseball betting on the Everything Guide to Sports Betting vSIN podcast. Ron Flatter, Josh Applebaum, did you know any switch hitters in terms of baseball prowess that personally when you were growing up, Josh? Oh, man, who are some great switch hitters? 
I mean, that you personally knew, played Little League with, or anybody, anybody you knew who could really do That was a tough thing to do. It was, but I always was uh, jealous. You know, uh, someone who had their kid hitting switch, hit, uh, switch hitting early always was a, a smart move. I, was, I always re- remember that. You know, hey, it would help you in the long run if you could go lefty versus righty instead of uh, righty righty. Yeah, no, I was I was equally bad from both sides of the plate, so it worked out well for me. So let's talk about betting baseball and the history of betting baseball. Some of the history of betting baseball isn't so positive for the game, even as we try to dive into it in a positive way. Yeah, America's national pastime, Ron. You know, baseball has a sordid and very complex history with, hmm. with betting, and um, a lot of these things you're gonna, you know, th- legendary things that have happened in 1919. Uh, the Chicago uh, White Sox, who were then known as the Black Sox. Great movie, Eight Men Out. Uh, you saw them throw the World Series. Arnold Rothstein uh, was a, a, a famous wise guy gambler, and he got uh, eight of the players on the White Sox to throw the World Series. Shoeless Joe Jackson, unfortunately, one of my favorite movies, Field of Dreams, uh, one of the best ever. He claims he didn't take the money, but through the World Series 1919. Then we had Pete Rose, all-time hits le- uh, leader. We all know Pete Rose, but banned from baseball for betting on games as a manager of the Reds. He says he only bet on his team to win, Ron. Uh, how how uh, how true do you think that was? you ever think he bet against them? Well, well, even if it were, is true that he said that, what if he decided to spend his bullpen in an unimportant game that preceded a more important series just because he had some action on his team that might have been a little bit more uh, for some getaway game against a last-place team, spends the bullpen, and then they're, uh, they don't have fresh arms for the next day, well, he might have bet them to win, but at what cost? Yeah, and really, that's the thing with baseball. Betting is a cardinal sin. That's kind of the one thing that you can't do, uh, which is funny. We're going to talk about how to bet on baseball today. But, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah that... <laughs> nice intro, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hey, but we're not players, so we're good, Ron. We're just here to, uh, to be uh, sports betting investors. How about that? That's right. Don't hate the play. I hate the game. So anyway, how can we bet on baseball? We can start with very familiar terms, but unlike, say, the NFL or the NBA, you're not really betting with a spread. Oh, well, yes, you can. But the popular way and maybe the entry path for you is the money line way, which might not be so popular in the NFL or NBA, but it is the lifeblood of baseball betting. Yeah, so baseball different from your football and your basketball betting because, you know, basketball, football, we're wondering who will cover the spread. Baseball, all we're doing is trying to pick who will win the game. So right off the bat, uh, theoretically, baseball is a little easier to bet on. However, the odds makers do provide you know pros and cons for betting both favorites and underdogs. So when you're talking about the money line, obviously you're always laying a number with uh, a favorite. You're paying an ex- a more expensive price. With an underdog, obviously underdogs know they lose more often than they win, but you're getting a plus money payout with an underdog. So, uh, for example, Ron, maybe the Yankees are playing the Blue Jays. It's an American League East game. The Yankees are a minus 150 favorite. That would mean you'd have to lay $150 in order to win 100 for the Yankees to win and you to win your bet. Whereas the Blue Jays plus 130, you risk 100. They win. They upset and they uh, they cash the play. You win 130 overall. So obviously, you know, money line is your most popular bet. Betting baseball. Um, but favorites win more often, but you're paying a more expensive price. This makes betting on underdogs uh, very appetizing in Major League Baseball. Yeah, don't I know it? And I've actually had some <laughs> success doing so. I've also gone down the garden path as well. Okay, so like the NFL and NBA, though, you can bet totals. You can bet over-unders. Yeah, so total is kind of your second most popular bet. So just like any other sport, 
you're betting on the total amount of runs scored in the game both teams combined. So let's just say, you know, an average MLB total is maybe uh, eight and a half. You've seen, you know, obviously with the juice ball in recent years, totals up in the nines, even the tens. Let's just say eight and a half. You would then be able to bet on, okay, will both teams combine to score over eight and a half? Will they go nine or more? Or will they go under eight and a half? Will they go eight or less? Um, so obviously you're paying the juice with these when you're betting on these totals. So shopping for the best line, trying to, uh, if, you, if you like the eight and a half, don't just bet it wherever you're at. Minus 115, try to get a minus 110, a minus 108, get a better number overall. But totals, especially looking at pitching matchups, we'll talk weather later. Uh, your second most popular way to bet baseball after the money line. Yeah, and by the way, let me fold back to the money line for a moment. Unlike other sports where you'll see everything rounded to a zero or a five, they have what are called penny lines on these baseball games because you'll see the number move. You'll see like a minus 106, a plus 104, numbers like that, Josh. Yeah, they're constantly moving. And obviously, anytime you know, a number moves further toward a favorite, you'll get a bigger dog payout. A line moves closer mm-hmm. to a dog, line gets a little bit more even overall. So that's another thing, monitoring line movement in baseball and looking at how a line can move, not only trying to identify some sharp action, maybe you look at a, uh, a big line move, maybe steam comes in, maybe the whole market moves, but um, just knowing that it's a fluid situation, obviously mm-hmm. a lot of these numbers are, um, you know, opening lines are based on pitching matchups, and really that's when you're capping games looking at pitching matchups is really, really important, most popular. Uh, most yeah, important we'll get into player. that a little bit more as we go too, but yeah. I said there's no spread, well, not completely. <laughs> we have a thing in baseball called the run line. Yeah, run line, minus one and a half for the favorite, plus one and a half for the dog. Obviously, you're going to have different prices overall. Favorite, you know, instead of having to just win the game by one run on the money line, on the run line, uh, the spread, they have to win by two or more. So you'd be getting better odds by laying the minus one and a half, although a one-run game you would lose in that situation. Obviously, the dog getting plus one and a half, they could lose by one run and you still cover. You have to pay a more expensive price on the run line. But oftentimes, maybe if you like a favorite, and you think it's going to be, you know, uh, they're going to win by maybe a blowout or a bunch of runs. Instead of laying maybe a minus 200 on a favorite on the money line, maybe you get a much better odds, you know, laying a minus one and a half. You get closer to, you know, even money or a better number overall. So keep an eye on that situation too, just comparing prices from run line to money line. Yeah, that's where you can actually get plus on a favorite, but you're yep. laying the run at a half, so just bear that in mind. But you're, if you're looking and you're shopping, that's one thing to bear in mind. Okay, so you're not just betting the entire game, and we're talking about pregame betting. Yes, baseball also has in-game betting. For the purposes of this part of the discussion, though, we're talking about pregame betting, or as our friend Gil Alexander from A Numbers Game on VSIN says, the pre-flop bet. So let's talk about pregame betting. The first five innings of a game. First five, a very important uh, characteristic in games because five innings, you have to, as a starting pitcher, go five innings to get a win. So that comes into play here, but that's also roughly halfway through the game as well. Yeah, so your first five, your, uh, you'll see that kind of parentheses F5. That's your first half in baseball overall. So you can bet on what will happen in those first five innings. you got to complete the five innings, obviously. But um, you can look at situations where maybe you like a total and you're worried about a bullpen who might blow it late. You're always, you know, Ron, the bullpen can just be, uh, can just, uh-huh. you know, man, you can tear your hair out and just go nuts by maybe you cap a game correctly, you got a great number, and uh, maybe you're on a dog and you're about to cash and you're up, you know, 3 uh-huh. nothing in the ninth inning and the bullpen blows it, the closer blows it. 
That's part of baseball, <sighs> but um, you can always look at maybe okay. I'm not confident in the bullpen, but I like the first. I like the uh, the starter pitching matchup. Okay, maybe I'll bet the first five. Uh, I'll lean on one team or another, or lean on some unders. You know, maybe shadows are creeping in at a, a matinee game or a late afternoon game, or uh, maybe the wind's blowing in heavily early on. You like to bet the first half under with a great pitching matchup, or maybe like the first half over two really bad starters. So knowing that you don't just have to bet that full game line, you can identify that first five to try to take advantage of unique situations. And let's also go ahead and throw in one thing we should note. When you're betting baseball, particularly when you're going up to the counter at a sports book, and in baseball, it's a little more relaxed to do so at a sports book because you don't have the big crowds with football. So it actually is a little bit more common to do so with baseball, in part for this reason. You see a starting pitcher that's going to be in the lineup, and actually you're going to pivot your bet around that. Go up to the window and say that you want either the action on the game, which means you don't care what the starting pitcher is, or as listed. If you want your bet to be based on these starting pitchers, go up to the window and say as listed, because if for some reason that pitcher does not get the start, then your bet is voided and you're not stuck with the outcome based on a pitcher you weren't counting on. Conversely, if you don't care and if you really think that Frankly, if that starting pitcher's out of there, you do want to take advantage of it if you're betting the other side. Bet it as action. So again, listed means that those pitchers have to be involved for your bet to take, and action means it doesn't matter who's starting, Josh. Yeah, I'm really uh, glad that you brought that up, Ron, because I think a lot of new bettors will just default to action. They'll just bet the game no matter what. They don't think of the fact that you know in baseball, it's such a long season, and you know really these games are heavily weighted on pitching matchups, and a lot of times you'll see pitchers get uh, get scratched. You'll see a pitcher who maybe gets hurt or gets pushed back or gets traded. And as a result, you know, the worst thing you can do is, you know, spend all this time, you know, capping a game, identifying a sharp bet, and then boom, a pitcher gets scratched. Mm-hmm. Your bet, your your line changes, you get stuck with a bad number, and uh, and you just, you would hate to see that happen. So uh, a lot of times, a, a lot of sharps in general will lean on a uh, listed pitcher, you can even do listed pitcher both teams where if right. one of the pitcher gets scratched, you know, the, the bet is voided. You can also do um, listed pitcher for just one side, well, right. one team or the other. So remember, when you're placing your bet, action listed pitcher. Action means no matter what happened, you're tied into it. Listed pitcher, it's dependent upon those scheduled starters uh, performing and pitching. Um, but remember, listed pitcher to me is kind of the, uh, the safer, sharper way to go in general. You just hate to have it all get thrown out the window once a pitching change takes place. Where it has become complicated, of course, especially during the decade of the 2010s, was the advent of the opener. And so that starting pitcher, really just an opener that's going to be there for as little as one batter, as little as one inning. And so that's one more thing to complicate how you're betting on baseball. But to that end, you can jump into a game, oh, not necessarily before the first inning. In-game betting means live lines are in play. And Josh, this is where I've been able to pounce in some cases. I'll bet an underdog, and the underdog will get the lead. And if it's a big enough lead, then all of a sudden the team that began the day as the favorite turns into the in-game underdog. I immediately bet it that way, and I've guaranteed myself a profit. Yeah, Ron, you're a wise guy to your core because that is a great way to make money. Uh, Live lining, obviously, getting more and more popular. And that just means in-game wagering, live wagering. You're, you're able to bet on the game at any time. Obviously, the odds will be adjusted based on the score and how the game is going. But a uh, very classic one, 
is, let's say, the Astros. Great team. They're playing the, the Orioles. Terrible team. You know, the Astros uh, get down 3 I'm, I'm, I'm beating a drum. I'm beating the drum, Josh. I'm just checking. <laughs> or a trash can, yeah. You're telling me a fastball, right. a changeup's coming in, yeah. Bang um, the drum slowly, yes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but, you know, let's just say uh, a great team, you know, gets down 3 nothing, And they were a big favorite to start the game. Now the odds get adjusted. You know, a big dog gets out to a lead. What can you do? You could then live line that favorite. That's just an easy one. A favorite gets down early, you can get a better number. Live lining is always about getting better numbers. But really in baseball, it's key because you could get into a, a, a pretty much an arbitrage opportunity where, like mm-hmm. you said, Ron, you bet that dog plus 150, they get up to a big lead. Uh, the, the you know the favorite then flips to a plus 150 live line favorite. Boom! No matter what happens, that favorite come back comes back and win, or the dog holds on holds on to win. You're going to cash one of those plus 150s, so getting plus money both sides. And this is why baseball is such a long season. If you sit back and you know take advantage of these opportunities, they can really stack up over the course of a long year. Futures betting. How do you look at it in baseball where you might not look at it in other sports? Yeah, a lot of opportunities uh, looking at futures. Obviously, your World Series odds, those are going to shift um, you know, weekly based on how everything is going. But uh, win totals, division odds odds to win uh, you know, the AL or the NL. I also look at a lot of uh, player futures, Ron, looking at um, you know, over-unders for home runs a guy's going to hit in the year or a uh, number of wins for a pitcher. Um, also, even you know, daily props where looking at, um, I always like to look at you know, uh, basically K props, how many strikeouts a pitcher will get in a start, looking for, again, that, that funny word arbitrage where maybe two different sports books are both hanging plus money overall. Uh, but again, doing your homework, uh, looking at win totals, you know, maybe trying to uh, get a couple long shots on a futures bet, see if you can either win or hedge it, uh, or even buying lower. We saw the Nationals in 2019; they were off to a terrible start. Uh, what 19 and 31 through 50 games? Boom! You saw them win the World Series, and if you had jumped on them early when they were really, you know, a sub 500 team, you could really get a good payout there. But again, being patient—that's key with a lot of futures bets. In terms of in individual game bets and where you're looking at a night-to-night circumstance and you're just looking at maybe betting particular games how do you incorporate trends like weather or ballpark idiosyncrasies yeah so i'm a big weather fan overall in sports betting because i think weather is something that really has a big impact that a lot of maybe recreational bettors really kind of overlook and i think to me it's just a a low-hanging fruit in terms of you know, capping the game, hope you hope you find a sharp edge. But then you can also add on weather. That's really, really important. Again, trying to get a good line, too. So we always go back to wind, Ron. You know, uh, back in 2012, the Bobby V year, when the, the Red Sox were terrible, my friends and I went out to Wrigley Field in Chicago. And what did we do? We bet on a lot of totals, basically just looking at the flags in center, see which way they're blowing. If they're blowing out, boom, a ball can get carried, become a first uh, you know, basically a warning track fly ball into a first row homer. If the wind is howling in, that can knock down first row homers into warning track outs. So wind blowing in, great for an under. Wind blowing out, great for an over. These are easy, basic things you can look at to try to layer on to your totals bets. What about ballparks and certain ones that really, you know, they stick in your craw a little bit as a better, but maybe stick in your mind at least a bet in terms of what might happen in that ballpark? Yeah, so definitely, you know, oddsmakers, they set these numbers with ballpark dimensions in mind. You always think of Coors Field, 
where um, you know, it's looking at heat, humidity, helping overs. You know, the air is less dense, so it travels further. You always look at Coors Field, Colorado, as a place where a lot of runs are scored. But um, one that I actually love is Tropicana Field, Ron. You know, looking at Tampa Bay, um, we always talk about you know wind blowing in, hit, you know, helping a pitcher because it knocks down a homer. Um, but also a dome or a closed roof stadium. That's also important. Look beforehand. You know, look to uh, maybe the Twitter site of. Uh, each team who lives, who is uh, the home of a uh, dome or closed roof stadium, see if the roof is closed. That can really, you know, uh, basically make you lean one way or another when you're betting a total. But closed or dome roof stadiums, great for unders because they're perfect conditions for the pitcher. The ball really doesn't travel. Great conditions for the fielders, usually get true hops. Um, so leaning a lot of unders, a lot of domes, trop, you know, Tropicana, uh, it's been a go-to of mine for many years now. I remember years ago when Levon Hernandez struck out 17 in a playoff game for the then Florida Marlins in large measure because the late umpire Eric Gregg, who was a great guy who I knew a little bit, he had a strike zone that was as big as him, and that made a big difference. So umpires can make a difference if you're betting. Similar to weather, Ron, uh, umpires are overlooked by a lot of recreational bettors, but uh, I think the key, you know, one of the key takeaways of this episode and what we try to do on the Everything Guide to Sports Betting is check off as many boxes as you can when you're placing a bet. Put yourself in the strongest position by being aware of all the variables and the factors that could um, that could benefit or, uh, or hopefully benefit you when you're placing your wager. So umpires, I consider them a cherry on top. The home plate ump can have a big effect on the game overall. To me, it's not the only reason you bet a game, but it's something you want to be aware of. And we always go to the fact that umpires are human. Until we get a, a robot strike zone, Ron, we're still going to lean on this. And you want to try to exploit tendencies where uh, one ump may be a big road guy. Lean on road teams. Uh, our home teams do better. They're susceptible to crowd noise or the home crowd. Maybe favorites do better or dogs do better. Uh, big strike zone leads to a lot, of, uh, a lot more unders because more strikeouts and more balls in play. Very small strike zone, a guy squeezing a guy, more walks, more base runners, more runs overall. So I always got to mention our guy Joe West. He's a big dog yeah. umpire. Um, you know, you see uh, dogs perform at a much higher rate, around 47% since 2003, according to Bet Lab Sports, whereas all dogs are around 43%. So these are the little things, the little boxes you want to check off, especially when you're betting a total, uh, can really uh, hopefully you know help you win a couple bets. How does scheduling come into play for you? Scheduling to me, you know, I always look at uh, double headers. That's an easy one. You'll get a lot of double headers, um, rainouts, and you know, rescheduled ones. I think that's important. Uh, looking at situations where um, a lot of times favorites in the second game of a double header perform uh, pretty well. I think the conventional wisdom is teams always split in a double header. You win one, you lose one. But if you're the, if you're favored in the second game, a lot of times maybe the the bullpen was cashed by the opponent, or guys are in, guys are resting. Second game of a doubleheader, favorites do very well. Uh, also, Sunday night baseball, home favorites do very well there. You're the only game in town. Uh, you're in front of your home crowd, and, uh, getaway type day. Um, those are the little things you want to look at. Um, time off, you know, rested versus tired situations. Uh, but definitely run. You know, do you, do you pay attention to, to scheduling or any, any edges you've found in terms of scheduling? Absolutely pay attention to it, particularly with uh, when getaway games take place and whether you have a day game after a night game, does that take a good-hitting catcher out of the lineup because they don't play necessarily a veteran catcher on that second game? I'm always looking at that. Absolutely, I'm always looking at that. Look at that. I look 
at the disabled lists, and of course, or I should say injured list, disabled list, that's an old guy term. <laughs> but if you look at the injured list and you see, okay, who's going to be available? Also, when you talk about coming off of a doubleheader, you have the call-ups that are going to be sent back. I mean, things like that. All of these things, it's almost like a golf swing. you got to remember every little bit of it. But these are all things that you have to bear in mind. And it's it's every time I forget the one factor, it's the one factor that comes back and bites me, whatever it might be. Yeah, and I think an easy one there, Ron, is looking at bullpens. If uh, a team played you know, extra innings the night before and used up a lot of their bullpens, mm-hmm. a lot of guys are off that day, that's a kind of a basic one to lean on overall. So um, those are the little things you want to uh, always keep in the back of your head. And we talk about baseball, the long season. Also, you want to make sure that you're you're a social media type guy. That can benefit you being on Twitter, looking at who's in and out of the lineup when starting lineups get released. Also look at um, you know, different situations of who's injured and who's not, you know, scratches, you know, things like that. So paying attention to data and when lineups come out, um, social media, Twitter can really benefit you when you're betting uh, on baseball. Okay, that's not the end of the factors that we take into account when we're taking a look at how to bet on baseball. How about Major League Baseball underdogs? We talked a little bit about that earlier. Let's pursue that a little bit more as we continue on the Everything Guide. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my That's my dance, <laughs> Hey guys, it's Steve Cavino from Cavino and Rich here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck like a rugged half-ton Tundra. Workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design, the Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max Hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower farther than ever before. Or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma delivering trail-dominating power and captivating style. The new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. And with the new available tech, this legendary truck is getting even better. When you buy a Toyota truck, you buy Toyota dependability, meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer. Check out the amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually 
in person and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. The Everything Guide to Sports Betting VSIN podcast with Josh Applebaum, Ron Flatter here. So I mentioned earlier how I like to bet underdogs. I love the fact that when they take an early lead in a game that in-game, the favorite becomes the underdog. You can guarantee a profit that way. But let's get back to basics in terms of why underdogs have value even before the game gets underway. Yeah, so you kind of need to know the rules of the road when you're betting baseball and know that baseball is different than a lot of the other major sports overall. So remember, when we're betting spread sports, total sports, if we can assume standard minus 110 juice, which you have to pay, you know, that the VIG, the tax, the commission, you got to pay to the sports books in order for them to accept your bet. Assuming minus 110 juice on most of your bets, you're going to have to win 52.38% of the time in order to break even. Mm-hmm. So anything, you know, really 50 3% or more, you're doing pretty well. Um, however, baseball is different because um, basically instead of having to win at that rate, if you lean on a lot more underdogs and you avoid a lot of big favorites, you know, again, when you're betting on dogs, you're getting plus money payouts. What does that mean? You're betting teams plus 120, plus 150, plus 175. The fact that you're getting those payouts, what that means is that you don't have to win at that 52.38% number. You could actually win closer to a sub 50 rate of around 47%, 48%. If you avoid those big favorites, lean on those dogs, kind of the numbers are more in your favor because you don't have to win at such a high rate. You can lose at a lower rate uh, or win at a lower rate, but actually continue to turn a profit. So that's kind of a uh, the built-in way of how baseball betting, especially leaning on underdogs, um, can be easier overall. I guess in general, Ron, you don't have to pick as many winners in baseball if you're focusing on a lot of underdogs. Divisional underdogs, too, because it's very seldom that you're going to see a team go 19-0 and against another, no matter how good the good team is and how bad the bad team is. And so with that in mind, you look at it and say, you know, the underdog here, even as bad as it might be, might be worth a play here, especially as the season wears on. Yeah, so Ron, I draw a line in the sand really between divisional dogs and non-divisional dogs. So what does that mean? Obviously, in each division, uh, if you if you basically play the other teams in your division much more often than teams outside of your division. So divisional teams play each other 19 times per year, every single year. And just over time, that builds up. And what does it do? It creates a lot of familiarity. And familiarity levels the playing field. So that's a big benefit to the underdog. You know the opposing stadium. You know um, kind of the opposing tendencies. That You've seen the opposing pitcher a lot. You can game plan against them much better. So as a result underdogs playing a divisional opponent win at a much higher rate than underdogs playing outside of the division. So I always love leaning on divisional dogs, Uh, but also looking at totals, Ron. I love dogs with high totals. Can you give me what you think is a high total and, uh, and why maybe theoretically a high total benefits a dog? Well, let's see now. Uh, A high total. You're talking about a high run total. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, okay. So let's say, let's say, I don't know how the new ballpark is going to play in Texas, but if it's like the old one, let's set the number at, say, 12 and a half, okay? 
that is a great sign for an underdog because the higher the total, the more expected run score that the odds makers are predicting. Basically, with more expected run score, it leads to more variance. It leads to more upset opportunities. When you have a low total, which let's say is maybe seven or less, seven and a half or less. Those still happen? <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? It's only if Clayton Kershaw's on the mound or Strasburg or, you know, one of the aces. But uh, you will start still see those low totals sometimes. Maybe a low total today is actually more like eight. Um, but that benefits the favorite more because the fewer amount of runs expected to be scored, it's more likely kind of game theory that they come from, quote unquote, the better team. So always remember, dogs have value in MLB, getting the plus money payouts, you can win at a lower rate, but lean on those divisional dogs, perform better than non-division, and also lean on those dogs with high totals because it basically is going to create more upset opportunities to cash your plus money bet. We've given you some thoughts in terms of the generalities, but sometimes the specifics will bite you, and then they'll bite you one after another after another. If there's one thing I'm guilty of in betting baseball, Josh, I let slumps get me down, and then I back completely away from the sport. Maybe that's not a bad thing, because sometimes the bet you don't make is the best bet that you can actually win. So what about the mental game? Because it is such a long grind of a season. Yeah, so I always remember, Ron, you know, I, I grew up playing baseball. I love baseball. I love watching baseball. Um, but when I first really started betting on it, I wish someone had told me that you need super thick skin. Baseball is the <laughs> one sport, Ron, that will test your patience. It will test your sanity. And obviously, you know, anytime we're talking about betting, no matter what sport it is, you want to be disciplined. You want to limit your plays to really what you think are, uh, you know, kind of your best opportunities overall to turn a profit. But you look at baseball and say, you know, if you add it all up, there's about 2,400 games in the course of a baseball season that you can bet on. So you say, man, that's great. I have so many opportunities to bet. However, there's a ton of volatility. 15 games a day, six plus months. You could go a month, a full month of being terrible and, you know, losing a bunch of plays, really getting down on yourself. But don't give up. Yeah. You know, there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with laying off, taking a break. But it's kind of the consistency of staying in the grind of baseball where you could have a terrible April, you could rebound and have a great May. So, again, it's the peaks and valleys. you got to be prepared for volatility. you got to know that it is a marathon, not a sprint, and there will be ups and downs. But if you stick with it, you learn from your mistakes, you learn to recognize situations, stay disciplined. You know, that's kind of the best advice I can give You know, MLB betters. Just stay with it because you'll, be, you'll have high highs, you'll have low lows. But if you can grind and stay even keeled and think long-term, that's how you're going to sustain the season and hopefully have a successful season. We know that in football there are public teams. In baseball, it seems even more pronounced. Yeah, baseball, you see a big tendency with the public toward big market clubs. So uh, your Yankees, your Red Sox, your Dodgers, your Cubs, these big market teams, historically successful teams, they're going to generate a lot of public attention overall public wants to bet on these big you know popular teams but as a result you're going to see a lot of shaded lines to these popular teams so oftentimes betting on the yankees even though they're going to win the majority of their games if you're always laying a minus 175 minus 200 minus 250 the odds makers are basically you know shading those numbers further toward those popular teams which makes them a little less appealing you have to win at even a higher rate overall so again leaning on dogs leaning on small market clubs um, the public loves these popular teams. If you have the uh, the wherewithal and kind of the you know the courage to 
you know, again, Ron, buck that trend and lean on some unpopular dogs, that can really pay out in the long run. Okay, now I'm going to have a little lesson here at the end about making sure that you keep track of what you're doing. But before we get to that, one more thing that the public loves. You know, we know that in sports, scoring is popular. It's popular in betting, too, isn't it? It is so popular. We love to see uh, chicks dig the long ball, Ron. I don't know if you remember that, but uh, I do runs. remember that. You know, oh, I got a story about that when you get done here. I, I got a story about that. Go ahead. Well, it's not just chicks. It's everybody, Ron. People like to see home runs. They like to see uh, doubles, triples, guys run around the bases. It's much more fun to watch a high-scoring back-and-forth game. So as a result, again, recreational bettors uh, tend to lean toward betting overs. So as a result... You know, what do the odds makers do? They know that. They'll shade these numbers further toward the over, which does create the value to go the other way and bet the under. But, uh, Ron, chicks dig the long ball. What did that uh, what did that bring back for you? Well, that was the old Nike commercial, of course, uh, with Tom Glavin and John Smoltz and uh, and Greg Maddox. Smoltz wasn't in it, was it? It was Greg Maddox and Tom Glavin. So Heather Locklear was in the commercial, too. And uh, the tagline on it is, hi, uh, you know, hello, uh, you guys. Have you seen Mark McGuire? And then uh, you see uh, Glavin go, hey, 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 Mark McGuire. All right, so Chicks Dig the Long Ball was the tagline on that commercial. And so I was working at ESPN Radio at the time. And just to play off of that, I had to do a promo for a particular Sunday night baseball game we were carrying. And I forgot who the home run hitter was. Not important here at the moment. I said, Chicks dig the name of that player. One of my fellow producers came to me and said, that's probably not a good idea to do because this guy's in the middle of breaking up with his wife. <laughs> and, so, and so we had this big debate over whether the thing should run. And I said, how many people actually know that right now? People are more <laughs> tuned to that commercial. I don't even remember whether we pulled the promo or not. But it just goes to show you that sometimes, you know, it's like you got to watch out for everything when you're gambling. you got to watch out for everything no matter what you say. So <laughs> I've just, you know, given you a little bit of back sell that he wasn't actually, you know, saying chicks dig the in a politically incorrect way. It was a commercial <laughs> back in the day. So anyway. Hey, listen, uh, we're talking about having to make sure in closing here that you keep track of what you do. And part of that is not just because you're keeping a ledger of how much you've made or how much you've lost, but really to make sure that you're learning from what you're doing. Right, Josh? Yeah, this is key. And this is kind of maybe the last thing we want to leave with a lot of new uh, new baseball bettors or just all baseball bettors uh, in general, because baseball, you're going to see a lot of volume. So many games every single day. Uh, it's easy to bet on five, ten games a night every night. And that really stacks up overall. Uh, but what you want to do is track your bets. You know, whether you are a old school guy or girl who uses a notebook or you use an Excel sheet. Um, I like using, uh, there's a lot of apps out there where you can just put in your plays and track them overall. But it's not just tracking my wins and losses and my units won or units lost and my performance. It's learning about yourself as a better. This is really, really critical because I'll give you an example, Ron. You know, I uh, a couple MLB seasons ago, you know, I was looking at totals and it seems like you know, I was uh, I was like minus 10 units with totals. I'm losing all my totals. And I'm like, what the heck is going on here? I was able to dig deeper, audit my plays, and find out that um, I am getting killed with betting overs. Uh, and this is one early thing that made me uh, realize that betting an over isn't always the way to go. I'm, I'm, you know, minus 20 units betting overs. I lose them all the time. But yet I'm doing pretty good with unders. And, you know, I was able to then kind of re, you know, remap the way I'm playing and leaning more toward unders and the key there is learning about yourself, learning about 
okay, am I betting too many games a night? Am I uh, terrible at overs but good at unders? If that's the key, you know, identify my strengths and weaknesses, lean more on my strengths, minimize my weaknesses, but track all of your bets, not just for baseball but all sports, but especially baseball. And then you can learn more about yourself, maybe limit your plays, maybe lean more on one bet type than another. That's very, very key. Maybe you realize, hey, I'm winning most of my favorites, but I'm negative units because I'm always laying a big number. I'm losing a lot of, uh, you know, decent amount of my, my dogs, but I'm actually plus money because I'm getting plus money. So track your plays, audit your bets, learn about who you are, lean on your strengths, uh, work on your weaknesses. I first learned a saying playing baseball when I was a kid that I'm going to throw in reverse now that it applies to baseball betting. It's how you play the game that determines whether you win or lose. So that's maybe the lesson coming out of what Josh just described to you at the end. All right, so hopefully we've given you something to think about for the long, long baseball season. So go ahead, play ball, and see if you can cash some tickets. Thanks to us and your own knowledge. This is the Everything Guide to Sports Betting VSIN podcast. Hey, hey, it's Malcolm Gladwell, host of Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Your elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a Corolla built just for you. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. 